Today on the Whatsoever Things show, the boys went fishing, a discussion about thinking for yourself and the dangers of groupthink, and Josh thinks everyone should be more like him. It's another great show, so hang on, here we go. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Whatsoever Things show, a podcast designed to stimulate your mind, tickle your funny bone, and encourage your faith. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is Episode 7 of the Whatsoever Things Show, recorded on February 21st, 2021. There ought to be more people like me. So, we uh, had a successful fishing trip yesterday uh, for Royal Rangers. It was a Royal Ranger-themed fishing trip. And there was 17 of us that uh, drove down to Bradenton to the Sunshine Skyway Bridge, but it's the it's the old old bridge pier. I'm not sure if it's the uh, bridge that collapsed part of the bridge that collapsed back in the day when so many lives were lost. But <laughs> it's it's the longest pier in the United States, and uh, you can drive right out on it, park throw your fishing pole, throw your bait out, out the window and fish off the, in, in basically the deep ocean bay. I don't know about this. Where is this at? It's the Skyway Bridge Pier Park. I've never heard it's of it. It's in Bradenton. You know the big bridge in Bradenton from St. Pete to Bradenton? I don't yeah. know if you've been down there. Okay, yeah. it runs alongside of it. And so you... I guess I've only been down there at night. Oh, yeah. So we had 17 of us. We, everybody caught a fish or two or many fishes and nothing, no keepers. Um, so on the other side. So, it, and it was a rural, your mouth right. It was a rural ranger event that went off well. I think that's because Josh wasn't there, so we don't have any stories. <laughs> the yeah, he charm. is the bad. I took him fishing yesterday on the Arkawaha. <laughs> We're watching fish hey. jump all over the place. We can't get nothing. I didn't fish though. I just yeah, he 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 didn't fish. Me and Josiah fished. He just sat there because he doesn't have a fishing license. That's right. So, so I'm a law-abiding citizen. <laughs> this fishing trip was fun because, you know, you got little boys. And it wasn't 17 boys. There was a number of adults, and but mostly boys. And uh, there was a, a teenage girl there as well. But, um, you know, the, the car parks, and they want to start fishing right away. And I figured that. So I had four poles ready. I was like, give these boys fishing poles and get them fishing right now. Mm-hmm. If not, we're going to get the million questions. And we're never going to get unpacked. And uh, worked out great, and so uh, everyone learned how to, at, by the end of the day, how to cut shrimp, peel shrimp, bait the hook, drop it, get the fish off, how to correctly hold the fish, and now, try to get the hook up. Issues with them not wanting to touch the icky stuff. The only issues we had is many uh, three of the boys, one of the parents, had never caught a fish. So what do you do with the first fish you catch? You gotta take a picture of it. You gotta kiss it. Oh, yeah. That was what they. And I was like, "Look, this is not some slimy pond fish. This came right out of the ocean." And so, unless it was a sail cat, I ain't kissing no, yeah, one of those. That's, that's no, no pretty nasty. Cat. So, anyways, and I uh, remember when we were kids, we used to go camping on the barge canal. Remember this, Dad? And uh, we'd stay the night there. I remember we pack up all the fishing poles, but you always fished with a cane pole. You never. Do you no. ever use a rod and reel? No, it's just a cane pole. <laughs> and we didn't bring one. And Dad's like, well, I can't fish with any of these. And so he went out in the woods and cut down an oak branch, tied a line on it, and fished. put a bobber out there. 
So it was a good event, praise God. Yeah. And, yeah. and so yeah. today we're going to be talking about what, what is the introduction, introductory so, phrase? Yeah, I was just thinking about this recently, how um, ind- being an independent-minded Christian is a pretty important thing, and how it's easy to follow the crowd and to look somewhere else to know what you believe and what you what you are and um it's not a good thing i guess maybe maybe if you're a kid in high school or something you're you're always like okay i'm with the redneck boys or okay i'm with the skater boys or okay i'm with i don't know you're just with your group but then that's that's fine and all but when you grow up you should be your own man and your own or your own woman i guess and be your own person and you should know what you believe and you should think for yourself don't let someone think for you and i think um the church atmosphere not not just our church but churches in general it's easy to get people to think in a group you know just to be fish in a school you know and uh, i don't think maybe we're dropping the ball on teaching people how to be critical thinkers and how to read the scriptures and find the truth in it you know and it's okay to disagree with somebody And what somebody told me one time, major in the majors and minor in the minors, you know, the minor things are minor things, but you know, you should still have an opinion about them. The major things are, are different. Certainly to give a plug out, we're recording this in the library at the church and there's tons of resources to be used as a resource or right? individually, you know, look over these books. <laughs> um, Sean Hannity, yeah, from evil is not a Bible. You got Sean but, Hannity up there. I see Glenn Beck book. We do have a very well stocked <laughs> library for those of you that are listening and, and haven't checked out. But yeah, the there's library. plenty of resources. But, but they are resources. And, we have a brand and, new librarian too. We have a new librarian. Oh yeah, awesome. Who's that? Peggy, Miss Peggy Ochoa. Oh, okay, super. It's a lot. Of, I mean, it's very professional. Here? This this library is very professionally done. I've checked out a couple of books, but again, they're they're resources. They're not to be used as <laughs> yeah. the your soul guiding I, principle. I and, checked out a book one time, and I think a year later, somebody got on to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, i got to find this book. <laughs> Did you have to go buy a new one to replace no, it? No, I found it, luckily. <laughs> I never read it. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, so um, we have, a, again, we have a special guest here. We have Mike Hamlin joining us on the podcast. Hello, Mike. Yeah, how's it going? Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, very happy to be here today. Looks like we're going to have a nice conversation, and you know, it looks like things are shaping up very well. You got any quick words of wisdom from us? I see your Bible's open and you're thinking. Yeah, I guess I've been reading uh, Daniel chapter 2 here you know, in the Bible, and uh, it's very interesting uh, in that particular scripture. It's got, a, it's got well, you know, he calls Daniel to him. And, well, he, he has this dream. Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. The king of Babylon has this dream. And uh, he can't remember the dream, nor the interpret. He wants it interpreted, too, and he wants somebody to, to tell him the dream. And he gets all these wise men up there in the kingdom, and none of the guys can tell him the dream. And he gets he gets mad, and he says, well, I'm going to kill all the wise men if they can't come up with an interpretation of this dream. They can't tell me what the dream is. And uh, finally, uh, Daniel was called before him, and he, he said, give me some time, Nebuchadnezzar, and I'm a great king, and I will, I will show you the, I will show you the, uh, now, the interpretation. Now, was this a dream, or is this when he was having the party? And the fingers started writing on the wall. No, that's not well, Nebuchadnezzar. Well, that's, that's a little later on. That's, that's his, his uh, son, son or grandson. Or grandson yeah, yeah. Son or grandson, Belshazzar, you're talking about. But yeah, anyway, he, uh, so he, he, he prayed with his friends. Daniel went back and prayed with his friends, and, and he said, let us pray, let's pray over the next couple of days, because our lives depend on and the lives of all the wise men of Babylon. And uh, so they prayed, and in a night vision, God revealed to Daniel that, uh, that uh, the, the dream and the interpretation thereof, and 
and he he told the uh, the guy who kept the who kept the uh, you know, the young boys from Israel in Jerusalem. He said, uh, I, "I know the king's dream now. Please take me before the king right away." And so this fellow, in haste, he took Daniel right away to the king, and he brought him up to him and says, "This man, this man is from the uh, children of Judah, and he he can interpret your dream and he can tell you the dream." And so he did, and and he walked walked up there, and Daniel said, "I'm no better than any man, any man anywhere." But there's a God in heaven that's a revealer of secrets and a God who can give us the, these dreams and interpret these dreams. And so he, he says, can you tell me the dream? He says, yes, yes, I, I will tell the king the, the king's dream. So he goes ahead and tells him the dream. And, of course, some of you guys might remember the, how the dream went. You know, it shows the image, the great image that Nebuchadnezzar saw in the dream. I think it had a head of gold and a uh, breastplate of silver. Uh, belly of brass, uh, legs of iron, legs of iron, and also the uh, the feet were a mixture of uh, iron and clay. And uh, he said, "This great dream." And because he goes on to tell him the king says, "The the gold head is is, is you, O king, the greatest kingdom of all these kingdoms, and uh, this greatest king. These as other kingdoms are going to be inferior to yours, but the uh, it will, your kingdom will fall." And so he he told him, uh, "After all these kings are gone, you know, so I could read read the whole thing, but I really won't go into it. But anyway." Uh, near, near the end, near the end of this vision, there was, there was a stone cut without hands out of a mountain. And of course, I think that represents the son being being cut out of the out of the father. The mountain represents the father in heaven. The son was cut out as a stone and sent to the to the base of this statue or, or image. And of course, broke the feet immediately and broke the rest yeah. of the rest of the image and, <clears throat> and the rest of it <clears throat> and so forth. And uh, the wind blew it away. And uh, so this this stone became a great mountain that took over the whole earth, you know. And so when the king heard that, when the king heard that, well, Daniel says another thing. He says, uh, uh, "The dream is certain, and the interpretation is sure." In other words, you can bet on this thing is true. What I've just spoken is very, very true. There's no doubt about it. He said it's sure. And the king, when he heard this, he got up, fell on his face, fell on his face, and worshipped Daniel. <laughs> Commanded that they should bring a oblation and sweet odors unto him, you know, which was just a little something they did in those days. And he gave him many gifts and made him a great man in the kingdom. And the king said, uh, "You have a God of gods and a God of truth." You know, this Daniel, a, he's a revealer of secrets, saying, "Thou couldst reveal a secret." And uh, it was a great thing for Daniel. He he set Daniel over the whole province of Babylon, Babylon and uh, he sat in the gate of the king. He sat with the king day after day, Nebuchadnezzar. And I've seen some films on uh, Babylon. I guess they've unearthed a lot of it over there. I saw it on YouTube. And uh, <clears throat> there's some areas there where uh, there's a lot of bricks. And some of these bricks have Nebuchadnezzar's name on them. Of course, I think the bricks say Nebuchadnezzar, you know, him, him and his gods are, are great, great people and all this, you know. And he's a great king, greatest king that ever lived. And uh, so they, this place does still exist, what they, what they found of it. They haven't, they haven't dug up the whole thing yet, but they dug up parts of it. But uh, Daniel was made a great man, and it's a great, interesting story. And uh, you know, I, I looked in—I think it was Second Samuel uh, chapter chapter twenty-three. There's one little verse there that says, "If a man, if a man will rule over the rule over man, he must be—he must first be just, and then he also must be—he uh, must—he must judge and, and rule in the fear of God." There's the two things: he must be just, he must rule in the fear of God. And I thought about our leaders in this country today. You know. Are our leaders just? Are our judges just? Do they rule in the fear of God? A big question mark we have here.
Well, just a few little thoughts I wanted to bring out today. So thank yeah. you for giving me a little time. And that rock that was, it says it wasn't carved out by human hands, you know, that, that yeah. fell at the feet, the base of that statue. That's right. And then it took over. And it's the, you know, the statue, the way I see it is that the statue represents the kingdoms of the world, starting with Babylon. And then there's a new kingdom that doesn't come from a human, you know, comes from God, a kingdom of God that will eventually take over the whole earth. And I think we're in the process. I think that's processing right now. And 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 then kind of going in what we were talking about, the theme of this this podcast is where you think the the stone is was called not carved by hand, but represents Jesus. Mm-hmm. What well, kind of how did you how do you get to that uh, that thought? It just oh well, I just got to thinking. I thinking a stone cut without hands out of a great mountain. It sounds like a, you know something's already pretty great as it is and yes. the stone was cut out of that mountain and of course the stone was heading toward the base of the statue to destroy destroy the uh, kingdoms of this world i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and take over that, the, that so. the stone that the the builder rejected there yeah, you go becomes rejected. the cornerstone mm-hmm. cornerstone that's, wow. right. that's good too yeah and that kind of reminds me of uh, of a discussion and this is why we were we're getting at with the in our discussion here is you, you've got to decide for yourself you've mm-hmm. got to study and not just Google, you know, uh, or follow the crowd. Or follow I mean, the Google's crowd. fine. You, you can, can, well, yeah. If if you if you ask Google or you, yeah. you can you seek it, you're going to find people that align with what yeah. you with you believe. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's wrong. But uh, I remember I was in a in a work in a church service, and the pastor said emphatically that uh, the story of the the road to Emmaus that it, it, it references two people were on that road. Mm-hmm. And through visions, he believes emphatically that there were the people were not identified because we are to see ourselves as the people on the road to Emmaus. And I just remember looking like, oh, you know, it's 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 us, okay. And then I researched it, and I just could not find any connection. Yeah. Nobody else talking about that. And I was like, that that's pretty bold to say yeah. that, you know that. There's, they're not identified because that's us. We are a, all yeah. on the road. We were all on the road to Emmaus, and it's like there's a lot of opinions about what the scriptures say. I mean, good lord, there's tons of them. And if you're, especially if you're a new Christian, you're like, how do you, you know, navigate through these waters? Because everyone seems to have an opinion about everything, mm-hmm. and some have merit, and some do not have any merit, and still they'll have followers. And I think it's because. I think people lack a critical thinking ability. I, I, not that they lack it. They just don't work that muscle out much. It's, it's easier to just listen to something and be like, What's yeah, the crowd that doing? sounds good. Okay, Let's go with that instead of diving into yeah. it yourself <clears throat> I remember, and trying to decipher what it means. Yeah, I remember in high school, it was a required class. If The state passed this thing saying, we're going to have a required class for every high schooler to take one semester of critical thinking. And did you take that, Thomas? I it had to still be around. Dude, I when skipped so much high school. Yeah. I couldn't tell you it was what a I joke. took and what I didn't. That class was a joke. I didn't learn anything about thinking critically in that class. It was just writing prompts, and you had to write an essay every day mm-hmm. or whatever. It was the dumbest teacher. Teacher was just right out of college. She didn't know anything about critical thinking. The class didn't was nothing about critical thinking. I didn't learn how to think critically until after high school, when I learned how to think critically. When I watched debates and I learned from different people. And there's a way to learn. You listen to an opinion on something, and then you listen to the rebuttal of that opinion. Yeah. Someone who has a different opinion. And then you listen to the rebuttal of that opinion. And this is what you do. And then when you have all this information, you can come down 
on an opinion that you like, something that makes sense to you. And you might be wrong, but at least you've thought it through a little. And I think that's important. It's easy to follow the crowd. It's not easy to work through. Um, yeah, you, you got to be able to, to listen to rebuttals and, and you know, what, what's, what you believe. I think it's important to listen to somebody you know, that maybe has a different belief or something. Because if you surround yourself with people that believe the exact same way you do, you end up living in an echo chamber and then everybody's shouting the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's where we're at. I and mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly I mean, where we're, well, I say in, a lot of, is, in yeah. a lot of ways, in a lot of places, that's where we're at. This is a lot of people just living in an echo chamber and then they, they're like, oh, this is what I believe. It's like, okay, why do you believe that? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, the the group I'm with believes that exactly. It's like okay, well, exactly. You totally... should you should figure out why you believe it. Um, and then I th- I think that goes into something I'd seen earlier in First uh, Peter three fifteen. Um, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason or the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So it's understand why you believe what you do mm. and that way if somebody asks you the hope you have you you explain it to them and but again with gentleness and respect you don't need to be you know if somebody disagrees with you you know don't be mean or rude or anything to them you know what i mean you can respectfully disagree with anyone about anything yeah. but but again you know it just reaffirms understand it for yourself know why you believe it because when somebody asks you, you know, you can believe anything in the world, but if you can't defend it, then yeah. or you, don't you know look why. like a, yeah, you look well, like I a fool. Because everyone else does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing is, it's easy to facilitate if you're a church leader of any kind. It's easy to facilitate groupthink. Mm-hmm. It's easy. You can find people who are willing to just believe whatever you believe. It's hard to teach people how to think for themselves. Like, look, this is how this is why I think this. But there is merit on the other side of people who think this way. I remember, this is crazy, but I remember um, I listened to a debate between, like here at Oxford Assembly of God, we believe you have to be of the age of accountability, the age to know whether or not you want to be baptized to become a follower of Christ or not. But there's a lot of people who believe you can baptize children, babies and children. And uh, I, and I listened to a debate between the two. And I, before that, I thought, who would think baptizing babies is even ideal i mean that's done that's crazy and i listen to the other side i'm like whoa i still don't believe it but they have merit there there is merit there and it's it's you listen to the rebuttal and back and forth and i'm still at you need to be at an age of accountability to accept christ to follow christ make a decision but there is merit on the other side and you i would have not have known that had i not have been at least a little critical mm-hmm. in something makes me think about theodore roosevelt's uh foreign policy quote he says, speak softly and carry a big stick and you'll go far. Mm-hmm. And um, Peter says, you know, in, in Peter 3.15, you know, it says do it with respect and gentleness. <laughs> but you... carry a big stick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, you, you got to be prepared to defend yourself. When we're, you know, that's not even necessarily a physical means of defense, but a, a spiritual means of defense. And that's where getting into the word and understanding why you believe what you believe because you are defending yourself and your belief at that point i know i know that is your metaphorical big stick or large caliber i know somebody right now who she doesn't wear a wedding ring because her pastor has told her that wearing wedding rings isn't something you should do for some reason the whole congregation follows that her sister, who lives up north, goes to the same denomination, and their pastor says it's okay to wear wedding rings, and so they do. And I just don't understand 
that kind of thinking. Why would you follow something like that? And I, if you ask, why aren't, why don't you wear a radio? Oh, my pastor doesn't like it. It's like that's the yeah, that's you, a terrible you, you, reason. You, know, you really need to think out what you have. I'm not saying don't follow. Pastors are there. They're she, they're sheep. I don't know sheep. They're shepherds for a reason. They are. But you know what I mean. There's a balance here that we need to watch, and it's easy to facilitate. Like I said, to faci- yeah. if you're a church leader, it's easy to get groupthink going. It's easy. It's not easy to get people to be it, on their own. Stand it's on funny their own you feet. you bring up the the wedding ring thing because something I was thinking the other day. And I don't even know if it goes with anything we got discussing today. But you know, as the the church or you know as Christians, we are quote unquote married to god we don't have a wedding ring yeah like what like we wear this ring to show i'm married to my wife but what are we what do we wear on the outside to show that we are believers in christ there you go purity daniel who won't put a microphone in front of him says purity yeah a very wise woman And so our society, and, and I'll say, uh, after watching the video today, I think I can safely say this us, uh, from the, us Westerners, um, <laughs> we are very big into labels. Uh, and it's funny, my kids, after listening to our first podcast, will kind of, they've labeled me as a evangelical Republican. <laughs> So, like, oh, Dad, you're just an evangelical Republican. You're so, one of them. Right. So does that mean I'm unlearned? Learned? No. <laughs> so we have labels, and we, we place labels. Oh, yeah. and, and with these labels, you know, yeah. people are quick to dismiss you with that. And so yeah. that is, and that's something that's in hyper drive right now in, in society with, with well, the cancel culture and yeah. stuff that's happening. That's true. Kicked off of Facebook. I talked to, off of this. Or I used to talk it's, to a lot more, but I, I talked to a lot of atheists and they think, they just think that people who go to church are just showing up for a propaganda message and they're just being told what to think. And they go out into the world and they repeat their propaganda message. Right. And then like, that's mm-hmm. not what church is. That's not even close. Well, a lot of people think that uh, church people and Christians are just very gullible people. Yeah. And they're they easily led. They say they think they're easily led. And that's, that's not really true. You know, we're, we're independent people. We're men, we're women. We stand up on our own two feet. That's it. We think about these things. And of course, you know, and we have differences of opinions. And of course, we usually don't uh, argue with people. We don't change it too much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see much well, need in that, but, but uh, you know, Nevertheless, we stand up on our own two feet, and we do honor our pastor and, and honor, you yeah. know, honor our leaders. We do that, and that's that's right and good. And uh, but I think far as uh, far as you know, uh, thinking on our own, I think that's important too. That's very important. And uh, you know, it's just something that uh, we can discuss these things with people and with our pastors, with our leaders, if they, if they wish. And uh, of course, we, these things need to be done in love. You know, yeah. <laughs> these conversations should should be done in love. And, and it, it, for some reason, Christians are not. <laughs> when you get to talking some subjects with people, they they tend to get heated up. Their blood pressure goes up. <laughs> you're you're never going to change somebody's mind by getting mad and screaming at them. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think it's uh, it's it's not going to change anybody's mind. Just like Thomas said, it's 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 something their their mindset set and yours is set. You know, discuss it if you want, but you walk away with the same guy you already sat down. <laughs> most of the time. But, uh, you know, most of the time, that's right. Yeah. I know I said one, I might have said it on the podcast, the first one, but um, there was a proverb or something that uh, says, correct a fool and, no, 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 wait. Yeah. Um, 
if if oh, you yeah, correct yeah. I love if you mean. correct a fool he'll hate you he'll for hate it. you for it but if you correct a wise man he'll, he'll love, love you for it because right. the role of the wise man cares about truth that's what he yeah, wants to know true. and if he's thought wrong about something and you show him where he's thought wrong it's like whoa oh i appreciate that that yeah. makes more sense true. whereas a fool would be like they're really connected to their ideas and they don't want an attack on their ideas is an attack on their personality or their person and it's harder but the, what do you think about these groups of people who um i guess like jehovah's witnesses and mormons who really do have a group think i mean if you step out of line in that group you're out <laughs> and no one talks to you again and so it's like very hardcore group think these these ones you know well, yeah, they'll they'll disassociate with you. You know, you'll be told to, to disassociate with that like person. That too. And you know, uh, to get back in with them is very hard because once you've been disassoci- disassociated with, they, and you know, some some Christian groups are like that. And you know, they have a form of Christianity. And I, I guess I'm not going to say too much about these things, but but nevertheless, you know, this group thinking uh, it can become a bad thing for everybody because. You know, there's other thoughts out here, and there's other people that have different things, and that's we have, we carry the same Bible around with us. Yeah. Most of us do, you know, the Catholics, the Protestants, and it's basically the same Bible we carry around. And but <laughs> nevertheless, when we all get together, <laughs> arguments break out. But uh, you know, but really, the group thinking thing, like the Mormons and the uh, and the uh, Jehovah Witnesses and so forth, it's a uh, with them, it's a very tough matter, a very tight matter that you have to stay perfectly in line with them, I guess. And from what I understand, you have to. You know, follow their teachings and and, and uh, to the letter, pretty close. And any kind of a argument or anything like that you know, can be very disruptive yeah, to them. And you're out. Yeah, and, uh, good chance you get kicked out. Yeah. And I just think it's they fell into that category, and I just think it's easy for other churches to fall into that. And I think just as Christians, we should encourage each other. Look, this is what I think. This is what I think this says. And then I can say, but there are other people who think this, and. They're interesting. You should look at both and find out what you think. Yeah, knowing different perspectives, I think, is is very beneficial because it can and it, it can help reaffirm why you believe what you believe, but it can also help you understand yeah. maybe what I believed wasn't necessarily the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I guess you could go all the way back to the Protestant Reformation and Martin Luther. They told Martin Luther, they're like, you know, if you do this, if you leave the catholic church and you start your own thing there's going to be all kinds of people misinterpreting the bible and martin luther, martin luther says yeah that's a possibility but if people just think about it and they they they'll do pretty good and sure enough you did get some forks that <laughs> are a little crazy but you know even at the early american culture when we we're settling this country you had denominations of different denominations people thought about what they're reading and the people who thought this way went with this denomination and the people who thought that way went with that denomination and just kind of recently we had this evangelical movement where look let's forget about the little minor things and let's come together as spreaders of the gospel we want to spread the gospel that's what evangelical means but we've kind of lost our independentness and in like why we believe what we believe. We've kind of forgotten we're all evangelicals, you know, we're not what we are. And I think that's getting lost and we have to bring it in. You have to bring it in. You have to stand on solid ground. Like you said, dad, you just got to be people who aren't budged or moved because you have reasons, like you said, for what you believe. Um, I just think it's so important and I think it gets lost. I also think you can go... You can go to places where they kind of 
really facilitate to groupthink, and they don't facilitate to, and that's just, it bothers me that they don't facilitate to thoughtfulness and critical thinking. And I think the church could have a problem if they did this. They'll have one kind of person, and they won't have the, the not to say intellectuals, but the people who want to be, you're gonna, they're going to budge them out, you know? Well, you don't think like the group, you're out of the group. You don't think like the group, you're out of the group. And before you know it, you'll get to a point, I'm just saying the American church in the next hundred years might get to a point where it's all groupthink and nobody thinks for themselves. And that's what I worry about. I worry about that future and i want to make sure hey read the bible for yourself yeah (laughs) read the bible for yourself think for yourself stand on your own two feet but and and what scares me reading revelation in the in the letter to the churches you know uh, god talks about talks to the church and tells them um for instance to the church of pergamum i know where you live Yet uh, you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me. Even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness was put to death in your city. And he's like, nevertheless, in each letter, I have a few things against you. And, and God is the judger of us. And, and in, in this letter to the church at Pergamum, he says, you have people there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice Israelites to sin by eating food of sacrifice. If you go down the wrong road, you can be a Christian, you can be baptized as a Christian, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you follow the wrong interpretation, and it could come back to haunt you in your final days. And and if you read these letters to the churches, it's like, if if you turn now, you will not be hurt. You will make it through your second death. You will not feel pain. And it's in Revelation. It's how the story ends. And you got to be careful of, of what you follow. And it's true, like you said. You, you, the church, you know, we try to get around. They have this emphasis to everybody. Let's just, you know, tell the gospel in a way that it's appealing to everybody and make everyone feel good. Which is good. It's not a bad thing. But at the end yeah. of the day, we're, we're, we weren't coming back to our tents. And, and yeah. Like if you were, if you were uh, an Assemblies of God member when it was being built, you knew everything about the Assemblies of God. I was raised from a kid to be Assemblies of God. I was like, I don't know that much. <laughs> I have to learn a lo- I have to learn about it because I wasn't involved in the movement in the first place. And it's the same thing for any denomination. I know technically the Assemblies of God technically isn't a denomination, but other denominations they're having kids and having kids. And by the third generation of this. They don't know where they came from. They don't really know what the founding ideas were or even why they even think those things. Um, and it does get lost. I think another thing, though, that's happening kind of nowadays is there's a social pressure on social media for churches to be a certain way. Like, and I, this could get mm-hmm. touchy, but like, well, COVID happened. Well, you should shut your church down. Or there's the whole homosexual thing that a lot of churches are changing on and there's things that are get touchy because social pressure pressure from outside is moved in and then it's becomes group thing again and i just i worry about it that's all i don't know the pastor does a good job of not uh personally emphasizing any aspect of um of of that he, he doesn't he doesn't emphasize worship over 
um, speaking in tongues. He doesn't dwell, delve in speaking in tongues and and, yeah. and, and really emphasize. Now we've that got a good setup here for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Daryl does a good job. I, I think he's a good. He hits all the points, but he's like it, it, each. You know, we're all we all have different personalities, and and that's where um, I, I heard this term. I think it was in a humanities class in <laughs> college. But religion is just a reaction. Okay. Religion is how a group reacts to what they hear or read in the word. And so, uh, but coming back to us, we all have personalities. We all have different fruits of the spirit. We all have different spiritual gifts. Most people, it's probably not standing firm and argumenting <laughs> are arguing on, on facets of the church and in our, in, in what we believe and why we believe. Some people like to just stay in the background. Um, but, Argument. I mean, when I when you say argument to yeah. me, I I know what an argument is. It's not yelling, <laughs> but some people don't understand the word argument. It just means here's my ideas, and then somebody else says, "Well, this is why why your ideas are wrong," and I say, "No, this is why your ideas are wrong," and it goes back and forth. It's not. It's usually peaceful <laughs> if you do it right. Yeah, just a debate. Yeah, a debate. Yeah, it's, it's just a debate. way of debate. No winner. Yeah. And yeah, I, 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 I can't, I don't know if that's my spiritual, I don't know if I have spiritual gifts, but I can sit in the churchyard and talk to you all day long about whatever you want to talk about and I'll be fine. I mean, it never hurts my feelings. It's almost impossible to hurt my feelings. So maybe I am gifted in that way, but there ought to be more people like me. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully Showtime. most people are not yeah. like Josh. <laughs> Why can't everyone be like me? <laughs> Well, I guess a lot of a lot of people are very sensitive about what they believe, and and of course, if you, you know, having to cross them in any way, they're gonna they're gonna flare up. Some of yeah. them just that way, and uh, they're a little high strung a lot of times. And uh, but you know, you, you try to reason with them and try, try to be gentle with them. And uh, you know, if it's too bad, just we just kind of drop the subject and go on to something else. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe but, at uh, that point, you know, if if you sense them maybe yeah. being sensitive about it, just be like, hey. Read your Bible, man. Just yeah. just delve into yeah, it. Really and find out why you believe the way you, you do. You read the Bible right. for yourself. You'll be, you know, people ten are, steps ahead. That's that's the biggest thing. Read the Bible on your own. Well, something uh, I brought up to you earlier, Josh. Um, one of the passages I brought up, and you were like, I was like, we were talking about the beginning oh, yeah. of it, huh. and then I was like, what about the second part? You were like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't stop thinking about it. I think I might have something. So. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. I like the last part because I heard that somewhere else. Like I heard it was the honor of kings to search out truth. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like that's your job is to take care of your people and you need to know the real facts on the ground. You can't just get propaganda. You need real stuff. But I don't know. By the well, here, here's my thoughts on it. So it is the glory of God to conceal things. Well, the truth we know is in this book, the Bible. So if we want to find what's being concealed, where are we going to look? In the Bible. So if God's concealing it, the only place we can try to find the truth (laughs) is in the Bible. So Uh, that's more of a reason to read it and figure out why you believe what you believe. Well, you got to be careful with that too, because at the turn of the century, there was this whole thought idea that the Bible has 
contained in it hidden messages that will be revealed at the end times. And, well, it, told, it told me to buy Bitcoin. It's, Just kidding. Hey, man. Uh, in the end times. And this is where a lot of these um, groups have sprung up. They, they believed that they were living in the end times, which we might be, and that there were secret messages that God had put in the Bible, that if you interpreted it the right way at the end times, you would get it. I don't think that's how the Bible was written. I, in fact, I'm very sure that's not how the Bible's. There's no secret messages. There's just, I mean, you do have the prophecies that you don't understand, and then you will understand. But I don't think it was written in a way that now that you know about nuclear submarines, now you can have the next clue. You know, it's not. That's how they actually thought. So you gotta be careful about some of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I guess the, I guess there are some mysteries in the Bible, though. That's like, uh, where's the Garden of Eden? Where's the Tree of Life? Do these things still exist? Are they still out there? And also, where's the Ark of the Covenant? And is, there, is Noah's Ark still still around? <laughs> these are mysteries that, you know, we, we yeah, read in the Bible. Is that Jesus' image on the shout of Torin? Yeah, I another, like that that's image. That's a very good one, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it is or not, but I've seen a lot of paintings of Jesus I don't like, but I do like that picture <laughs> on the shroud. Like, I'm like, that's a kingly-looking guy right there. Yeah, it talks about a river in Genesis, I think. I think it's a river to Havilah, I think it is. It covers the whole, I think it circles around the whole land of Havilah, where the gold is, is fine gold. There's also some stones, uh, precious stones in that land, too. <laughs> and I, I'd like to know where that land is, but that's kind of a mystery, you know. We just have to, we're not sure where it is. And, and there's just a lot of mysteries in the Bible. But nevertheless, uh, they're all true, though. You can bet on that. Yeah. All these things are exactly true. And uh, Noah's Ark does exist, or did exist, it still does, I believe. And uh, there's an Ark of the Covenant somewhere, and, and the Garden of Eden is somewhere. And the tree of life is somewhere. All these things are still here. I believe personally. That's my personal belief. But, uh, you know. And, and you find, if you watch, I'm a big watcher of all the gold-seeking shows. Mm -hmm. And where, where there was a riverbed, that's where the gold was. The gold pushed the sediment. and the, uh -oh. the, the water pushed the sediment. And the gold being hey. heavy. So, Before this podcast is over, we're going to pinpoint the location yeah. of a tree of life. I think we got something. I think the right way to think of, of um, Scripture and the right way to think is um, the way you know things is, one, you experience them yourself. Like you've actually been a place, you've seen it, you've experienced it, you've touched it, you've smelt it. You have firsthand experiential knowledge. The second way you know things is by um, um, from authority, knowledge from authority. Somebody told you. I've never been to this uh, Washington State. But I've talked to people who've been from Washington State. I've seen it on Google Maps. And based on those authorities, I believe there is such a place. Okay, so those are two ways we have knowledge. Most everything we believe is by authority, by the way. And so this third way is to say that there's been revelation from God to man, to human beings, that has truth in it, and it's revealed in the scriptures. And so that's how you look at the scriptures. It's another way or maybe the number one way of knowing truth. You can know truth through the scriptures, you can know truth by experiencing things, or you can know truth by believing somebody because you found them to be reliable on a reliable authority. And I just think that's how we should look at the scriptures. That's the first start. This is revelation from God. Now, what is it saying? And read it and think for yourself. And if you hear an opinion that is opposite of what you've thought, listen to a rebuttal and then listen to another rebuttal. And you'll come down in a spot where you like and then when you come down in a spot you like, you're on solid ground and it's hard to move you because you know some things. And I think that's important to share. I think they had a bunch of candidates uh, running for office. I won't mention their names, but, but they, uh, they were all lined up in a debate, you know. And uh, Well, you know, they were all lined up. They were asking them questions. And they said, what do you all think about the Holy Bible? And of course, different ones said different things. 
I think one guy said, well, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. What else can you say? It's the Word of God. And this one, another guy, he said, well, you know, the Bible, they all said the Bible's a fine book. They all said that much. Yeah. But uh, one guy, he said, well, it's a fine book, but uh, here's some stories in here we really can't believe, you know, like uh, <laughs> John and the Whale, things like that. I'm not know. saying they're easy to believe. They're good little they're, stories they're... and so forth, but let's face it, folks. So, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> some of these stories are not really very realistic. <laughs> oh, anytime they're trying to sell anything, they go back to the Bible. Everything's a... Um, what? I do have some Ezekiel bread and some uh, Jordan River water. So, so. You, even even toilet paper goes back to it. They're like the everlasting roll. Like, <laughs> the everlasting roll. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, it's not everlasting. I know uh, some everlasting things, and it definitely ain't toilet paper. <laughs> look, Jesus rose from the dead. Uh-huh. And uh, if somebody did that, they have, and he said he was going to do it, and he said he was going to come back on his own authority. If somebody says those kinds of things and then comes back to life, that guy has outside information. He has knowledge beyond what we know. He quoted the Old Testament, and then his followers wrote some letters. I think it would be a good idea to read something, because since he's the only one who has outside information about it. So that's a good reason to believe the Bible is true right there, um, just, as, just as a point. I guess there's a lot of scientific uh, reasons to believe that the Bible is true. They've they found a lot of things. Yeah, there's the findings archaeology. Very interesting, stuff, you know. Yeah. So a lot of these things are being found all the time about the Bible and so forth. So you know, the stories that are in the Bible are being found to be true, like crossing the Red Sea, things like that. Now, they found uh, some traces of Pharaoh's army underneath the Red Sea, and I saw some of that on I think it was YouTube, watching some program there. And uh, they, they found chariot wheels and all kinds of things that were there. I guess the wood had rotted away, but some of them were plated in gold, and the gold was still there. No way. So the image of the wheel is still sitting there, and uh, several things like that. And they found the location. Uh, well, actually, well, I'll say a little bit about it. I guess Solomon had put a, tem- uh, a pillar up on both sides of the Red Sea where this crossing had taken place. But I, and it had inscriptions and writing on those pillars. But I think the Muslims come along, tore down one of the pillars. <laughs> But anyway, there's still the other pillar there, and uh, they know about they, you know, there's some thought about where it took place. But uh, you know, they, these these stories are all true. And the Garden of Eden, like I say, I, I believe it still exists. All these things still exist. But they're they're finding proof all along, all along the lines about these things. I wish I knew about some other things where they'd find some, but some interesting things. But they they do find them. Well, if you want to know where the Garden of Eden is, sign on to our Patreon. <laughs> 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 and we'll reveal all. <laughs> well, the Garden of Eden's gu- uh, guarded by some cherubims with swords. <laughs> I would recommend going up there anytime soon. <laughs> well, I guess that wraps things up. Uh, thank you for listening. And we encourage you to take a look at Pastor's phone call on Facebook and his uh, other recorded sermons on the uh, Oxford Assembly of God podcast, where you will find the episodes of Whatsoever Things. Thank you for listening. All right, y'all, we just want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. The Whatsoever Things podcast is just a group of folks sitting around talking about their faith, and it does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the leadership of Oxford Assembly of God. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe in whatever your favorite podcast application is. And if you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G dot org. We'll see you next time.